Welcome in, Kiora, to another episode of the Podfathers, a Slam Diego Padres podcast. Uh, recording here on a Wednesday night after a series split versus the Mariners. Uh, tonight we got Matt coming back on show. Matt, been a little while. How uh, how you doing? Yeah, it's been a little while. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, yeah, been good. It's always it's always good to be able to talk about some baseball, though. Talk about some Padres baseball. So feeling good you know it's it's a little iffy with the season so far but still still feeling good we got a long way to go yeah yeah i guess today was like the the 100 games to go point in the season i heard uh someone say that to bo mill after after the game today so that's kind of wild i know we're just past that third third way mark in the season that laura was brought up on the last pod uh so we're we're officially into the second th- the second part or not the second third of the season, but the, the second one third of the three thirds of the season, <laughs> if that makes sense. The third season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now, now it's time to, to turn it on. And I feel like we've, we've seen some positives for sure. And then we've continued to see, see some inconsistencies and some negatives here. So we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit and try to break down why that is happening to the best of our, vision here as to why why that in fact is well, is happening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i wish we had the answer we'll do our best to to break that down but as of uh today it's june 7th wednesday they got a day off tomorrow on thursday just split the uh just aforementioned split the series the two game series versus the uh versus the mariners here random uh four gamer against the the cubs previously where the series ended on a monday i haven't seen that too often uh, but hmm. we had two uh, two even series there, so split both of them, split the homestand, which is a positive because we before the Mariners season series were uh, dead last in the NL and home record for the year. So hopefully we're we start clawing our way back there. The fans deserve it. They've been showing out almost every single game. We've pretty much had a sellout like eighty percent of the game so far this year. So we'll start hopefully playing better at home. But with that being said, we got a. 29 and 33 record again as of Wednesday. Eight games back of the first place, Diamondbacks. Uh, that is very weird to hear. It kind of <laughs> stings a little considering they tanked their asses off two years ago. And here they are already, you know, reaping those rewards when we've been slowly building and finally had some expectations to take over first. Uh, right now, the D backs plan is working but like we said there's a ton of time left in the season mm-hmm. so uh also with that being said we're three and a half games back of the third place wild card which is held by the the pirates uh so obviously a long ways to go the nl if there's any reprieve of our pretty slow start is the fact that the nl kind of sucks this year there's there's really three teams maybe four um braves diamondbacks and dodgers are really the top three and the dodgers aren't the dodgers past uh the braves aren't even the braves of the past really too they've just been kind of you know pretty much doing exactly what they were expected to do uh maybe a little little bit below expectations but they're still crushing it and then uh sneakily the marlins have gone on a six game win streak ever since our series against them so uh maybe a little bit of credit to the potters for for winning that series then considering they uh they have a little bit of a sneaky good squad this year but overall 29 and 33 kind of what's your what's your impressions of where we're at right now yeah i think great (laughs) yeah i mean not great not where not where we were expecting to be especially after how we ended last year um we had high high hopes for this year and it's kind of been slow going and it but it does seem obviously like you said inconsistent but it does to me seem like we're starting to get some things figured out starting to get some changes in there in the lineup defensively like we'll talk about as with Gary Sanchez um but I think you know with Bob Melvin at the helm, we're starting to see some changes. I know he he's he is a big proponent of sticking with some guys mm-hmm. until they like prove to you almost twice that they shouldn't be in there. 
Yep, yep. AKA Austin Nola. But <laughs> I think, and I have some, I do have some qualms with Bob Melvin and how he's managed so far. Mm-hmm. But I think we're starting to see some changes. And I think we are starting to see, like you said, series split, series split instead of losing the series. And so I just, I just seems like they're starting to warm up, starting to get there. Uh, and we still have a hundred games to go. Like you said, like it's the season is not lost. We're eight games back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Diamondbacks. They're not going to yeah. stay there. The team is not great. They've been playing good baseball. But if you look at their roster, the, the team is sort of overperforming for like what the talent mm-hmm. that they've got, which could potentially continue. But sort of like the Pirates, they started hot and you knew that they were playing better than their talent that they actually had. And they started to come back down again. So that's what I'm expecting from the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers will always be there, but you got to win the division. Like you have to go out and win it. They're not doing that now. And But I, I do see some some like semblance of life and sort of mm-hmm. starting to get warmed up. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And it's just the, uh, really the inconsistencies on the offensive side of things that has been killing us. I mean, we had the best ERA pitching wise, uh, obviously from a, uh, in the majors, if I'm not mistaken, if not the national league, the best ERA in the month of May. Uh, so obviously, and we went 11 and 16 with a plus 27 run differential, I think. So clearly the pitching has, you know, found a good groove. If you're the best of the best right there. You're number one, obviously you should be having a better record than that. So the, the inconsistencies on the offensive side of things has just been so apparent, even since going back a little bit more than a week ago on Tuesday of last week, scored nine runs. The following day, one run. Thursday, 10 runs. The following day, one run. The next day, six runs. The following day, one run. Monday, five runs. Tuesday, one run. And then today, 10 runs. So that you couldn't have, you couldn't even paint a more in. I mean, you could argue they're consistently inconsistent. It's the one thing that they're consistent about. True. Uh, but the, the hitting, you know, it's just, it's right there and then it's gone and it's right there and it's gone. So if we can find a way to at least even put like a two to five game stretch of just raking, the pitching has proven that it can, it can hold its own. So I hope that we can. And that's, I think the frustrating part for not only us and and the fans, but the team as well is the, the rosters there. The potential is there. We've even like seen the potential to be seen, from a single game, but now we just need to put it together in a string of games. And it's a little worrisome that that hasn't happened yet. 62 games into the season, though, that being said, there's still a hundred more to go. So I'm hoping that, you know, we get hot later. That's the whole point of, of the postseason is who's the hottest then. So if we can magically time it for that, I'm not going to rule us out by any means at all. Postseason wise, uh, there's just too long of a season. The national league is too weak from, from here on out. Um, so we'll see. So, I mean, I mean, kind of with, with that said, the offensive inefficiencies were batting 225 as a squad that's tied for 28th in the majors. Not good. We're hitting, or we're getting on base at a 315 clip. Good for 21st in the majors. So a little bit better, but still not great. And our slugging is 384, which is good for 21st. 24th in the majors uh and then individually soto at 265 leading the team tatis 1100 runs soto 905 ops and 56 for for juan as well so juan has been picking it up tremendously lately i know we'll talk about that a little bit later here um or we can even talk about it now but in terms of as a team we're starting to see some things click but if we're hitting tied for 28th in the majors just in batting average not even looking at the advanced metrics that is simply not good enough. So we need to raise that completely. So who do you think, I mean, Juan's been on the rise, but who do you think is really that, that X factor? I might be hinting at something there, but that, that X factor really on the the offensive side to where they need to really step it up. And there's probably a few names that you can name. I mean, it's tough because you, you like, you read those numbers and those are terrible. Like that's a, those are, horrible (laughs) yeah i mean if our pitching hasn't been as good as it has been that's like close to a last place team 
right? Like those are yep. absolute terrible numbers. And how much money has been invested into specifically yeah. the offense? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's frustrating, but Soto has been heating up, like you said, like his on-base percentage is at 411 right now. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And part of one one thing that I do nitpick Bob Melvin on is the lineups that he's been setting recently. And almost mm-hmm. this entire year is when you have a stud like Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis and Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado, you shouldn't be putting in Jake Cronenworth first. He shouldn't be hitting first. No. You shouldn't be hitting Trent Grisham first. Like, that just takes at-bats away from our best hitters. Like, it, Soto should be one or two. Tati should be one or two. And then Xander, Manny, however you want to, you know, rearrange it there. With Soto at an on-base percentage of 411, like, he's getting on base at a 411 clip. He should be hitting first or second. Like, in, in no... I just feel like, to me, from from my perspective, like that, that seems like a no brainer. Generally, it is. Mm-hmm. And then with Tatis, he's you know I think his on base percentage is actually around three hundred right now, but he's slugging four ninety seven, which leads the team. So yep. he's he's easily been performing at as like one or two of our best hitters, if you want to mm-hmm. you know include Juan Soto. And so I think those two guys are kind of keeping us afloat. X factor wise, it's, I mean, it's kind of hard because we've seen Xander. If you want to talk about X, Xander Bogarts. Yeah. Best of both worlds, really. He was on fire. And the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. He was on fire to begin the season and, and, uh, seems like he's hurt. Seems like he's playing hurt. I think he's Mm -hmm. kind of talked Mm -hmm. about it a little bit too. Like he's, he's just, He's been struggling a little bit. Um, Manny's been struggling, obviously, but you know, with Hassan Kim getting hot now, like we need somebody else. Someone else needs yep. to step up, and it's not going to be just two guys go at it and hit well, and then the rest of the the team can can struggle to hit two hundred and get on base. That's that's just that's going to lead to these numbers that we have already, and. Something's got to give. We're not getting. We're not really squeezing the talent out of the roster that we've got. So, I, in in my opinion, I think the lineup mm-hmm. needs to be set more optimally. Like, if you really need to look at the numbers a little bit more, because um, you're trying to win a game. Like, we're trying to win ball games, and we really need to come to grips with like some of the guys that that are hit that used to get on base and hit like Jake Cronenworth or not right now. And you, yeah, like, you, you got to hit the the big guys one, two, three, so we can have the best chance of scoring runs. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy to me that with Bob Melvin's experience and his, and his managerial like accolades and things like that, that this has kind of been a problem in, from my opinion, but, you know, other people mm-hmm. may see it differently. You know, I don't know how you see that, but that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I think that the only thing about, like, Juan hitting third is he has been, like, very vo- – as vocal as you could really be about him saying, like, I like to hit third in a lineup versus ultimately I think, yeah, like, if if he was even a little bit faster, even, if, even though he's not that fast, he's got a few good amount of stolen bases on the year, uh, if he could – if you could hit him, see, the problem is like, I feel like we have five or six guys that could be a three and four hitter in our lineup, probably guys. Right. So we have like, we have Fernando, we have Xander, we have Juan, we have Manny, probably four guys, right. For those two positions, they're all like three or four, like Fernando would be a stud in the four slot. Manny's a stud in the four slot. Like Juan could be a stud in the four slot. You'd probably want him up a little bit, like you said, because his on base percentage. Uh, Xander can fit there when he's doing when he's healthy. I mean, we've even seen Sanchez, who we'll touch on a little bit more in some depth here, hit cleanup uh, once already. Um, so we have like four to five, sometimes six guys when we're clicking to be in that three four spot. 
but we don't have a true leadoff guy. Like, like you said, Fernando, he's our best athlete by far on the team. Um, I wouldn't say by far because Kim is, is a very, very good athlete too. Uh, but Fernando, he's not a leadoff hitter. He, he is in terms of setting the tone. And when he gets on base, he's going to steal them. But his on-base percentage isn't high enough. And you also want guys in front of Fernando because he is going to rake when there's guys on. Um, not necessarily rake when there's guys on, but he can he can pop off at any given moment. You want guys on base when Fernando is up up at the up at the plate to really maximize that potential. Juan, again, him vocalizing that he wants to be the three hitter. I would love him in the two spot um, in this lineup if he was really comfortable with it. Maybe that he's getting in a groove, he'll look to potentially move there, but also maybe he's been hitting better because he's in that three slot and he's kind of solidifying that. He hasn't moved a ton from there. So I think like Bo Mel's trying to match to what everyone wants with the optimal position. And it's just kind of this, this tug of war a little bit. And I don't think that he really knows. He might know optimally what is the best, but then at the same time, it's like, what do these guys want? And when you have these superstars, sometimes you have to manage the the chemistry a little bit more than just like from an advanced metric side of things. So if, if I was looking at it just number wise, I would probably want, I'd probably want right now Kim leading off because he's a stolen base threat. He's not great on base though, too. So, but just for right now on who's hot, I'd probably have like Kim, then I go Juan, and then I'd go Fernando. And then I go Manny and then I go Xander, assuming everyone's healthy and whatnot. And then you got Sanchez waiting in the, the sixth slot too. So, uh, I mean, with, with that being said, I, I think this comes down to a little bit more of a roster comp composition issue uh, versus what guys we currently have. If that, if that makes sense, like we don't have that true leadoff guy, you know, like Corbin Carroll, on the diamondbacks is a true leadoff guy. He's been absolutely crushing it there. I mean, like there's plenty of other guys that, that I can't name like off the top of my head, but they are like, you know, super fast center fielder or your super fast second baseman or left fielder or whatever gets on base a lot, super quick, dangerous on the base base paths. Like we don't have a ton of stolen base threat guys really in our lineup. So I think from a roster composition, we are finding a little bit more of a gold now than, AJ kind of predicted, obviously, because he would have changed the roster a little bit more if he didn't foresee this. But I think we have too many guys trying to optimally be in two spots and it's jacking the flow up a little bit. <laughs> so not such like a short kind of answer there. But I think then now it's obviously it's down to the players to perform wherever they're at. They need to drop egos a little bit and say, hey, if, if Manny's not doing so well and Manny's hitting five because we want Fernando and Juan in the three, four, then I think Manny will be fine for that. But again, you don't want Manny hitting fifth too. So it's just, there's a, there's a huge <laughs> lot of questions to be answered. And I think Bob's trying to do that to the best of his abilities. And ultimately at the end of the day, if everyone is hot, it doesn't even matter where they're hitting. So that's where we need to get them to a point and then just roll with it from there. But um, I think, yeah, just in terms of, we don't not having that true leadoff guy is really making it extra difficult uh, for for the squad. So look to see that maybe at the the trade deadline or or season we'll we'll look to to do that because ultimately Grisham if he is firing on all cylinders and he's hitting two four fifty he hits a lot so his on base is probably around like three thirty he does strike out a lot but he would be your perfect leadoff guy, but his sprint speeds even dropped a little this year. He's like 70th percentile last year. He was like high eighties. It's not that he's old, but you know, the every year you get, you're going to lose a quarter of a step. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they look to fix that here um, either mid season or, or later in the year. So kind of went off on a bit of a bit of a tangent there, but I just, I think there's a, a bit of a bottleneck for two positions where five guys could be hitting. So hopefully we can, uh, we can get that figured out. And then, I mean, on the flip side, like we mentioned, pitching has been taking care of business. Bullpen was completely ass in the first month of the year. They have turned around their second, I think in the majors uh, amongst major metrics, they are current seventh collectively of a group with a three, seven, five ERA. Um, they're 17th in strikeouts. So in years past, we've had a very dominant 
uh, crew at strikeout wise, we've usually been top 10, even in really poor seasons. So interesting to see it lower, but it's clearly working. Uh, Niebla has got them, you know, maybe not necessarily focusing on strikeouts as much and trying to get more productive outs quicker. Uh, they also have a 123 whip seventh in the majors as well. So if we could even be like middle of the pack fence, which our offense should still be a top 10 offense, um, then we will, that's why I still have faith in this team going forward. And I think a lot of us do too, at least in the back of our minds, it's been hard to believe in that and keep that faith in recently. But I think, like you said, we're kind of rounding the corner here. So um, I think I'll go into this aisle update quick. Cause I'll, I'll bring up pitching a little bit in more depth later here, but uh Bobby Suarez, he threw a bullpen this week. That is massive. That is really, really good to see. So hopefully he'll be back here in the next couple of weeks, assuming all his uh, rehabbing goes well. Uh, Chris Matt should be this week. I'd imagine he's going to take Drew Carlton's spot just because he gave up three earned runs today. Uh, had a hot start to his tenure so far at the Padres, but I would imagine that's probably just what they're going to do there. Campy has been placed on the 60-day IL. We mentioned that last time. He'll, he should be back in probably august i would imagine maybe even late august uh david Dahl was dfa'd for uh the return of luis uh sorry luis moro adrian morihone uh who was reinstated and optioned to triple a for that to get make room for the 40 man roster david Dahl was dfa'd which stings a little because i thought he really had a place on this roster and if it wasn't for him getting banged up i think he probably would approve that so Hopefully we sign him to a minor league deal. If not, I wish him well going forward. Adam Engel, he signed a minor league contract. I think with the Mariners, actually, we DFA'd him as well. Um, that was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was completely useless for us, so it doesn't hurt any heartstrings on mine that he's gone there. Uh, Pomeranz had a little cleanup operation in his elbow. I don't know. I mean, Nick B said it best when we should trade Pomeranz for like a bag of bats at this point. I mean, he just, this poor guy keeps getting hurt. I know people are pissed off at him for not pitching for two years, but ultimately it's not his fault that his, his arm is cooked. Um, so we'll see. He, if ideally, if we get him back, he would be an absolute weapon. I don't expect him back this year. I'm not anticipating for him to be back. I don't have like want to raise my expectations that he's going to be back, but um, I guess out of those guys, Morhone and Suarez really jump off the page to me. Uh, do you think that with Suarez back, we're just going to go on this amazing run or <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He's exactly the piece that we've been missing. You know, can he hit? I don't know. Maybe he might be able to hit better than 130. You don't, you never know. He might be of use. I don't know. I know he could throw guys out at second. I'll tell you that. So. Yeah, <laughs> so, get him some no, catching gear. Yeah, seriously. No, he can, I think he could, he could do a job there, but no, getting, getting him back will be huge. I mean, there's a reason we signed him to that fat contract. So it'll be assuming all as well. It's still scary a little because sometimes guys, when they get shut down for a little bit, do bullpens and then go live you know more live uh scenarios it doesn't turn out great so i'm just really hoping that that rest and recovery did did him well so uh we'll we'll see and hopefully we have him back here by the end of the month so that's based off of his current projections and trajectory is so that's what i was gonna say also oh sorry Mm -hmm. no 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 yeah you go yeah i was just gonna say it's hard to i mean we've seen it with Pomeranz already, but it's hard to count on these the pitchers that kind of hit like right arm soreness. Like it's yeah, like, elbow problems and things like that. It's it's really hard to really project and like count on them to kind of be back and just count on them as being a uh, a big part of the team moving forward because you never know. Like they could throw a bullpen and and be shut down the next day for another two months. So it's yeah. Love to have Suarez back, but it's tough. It's tough to really kind of count on that. It is, and you don't know if he still is pitching a little hurt. He might not be as effective. So I think that we definitely, as a fan base, need to tamper our expectations, unfortunately. But if we do that, then it's only going to help, you know, 
uh, him. And then if he exceeds them, then fantastic. But yeah, you just saw that Jacob Degrom. He's getting his second Tommy John. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mess with that forever. So yeah, we'll hopefully that's not the case with big game Bob here. I'd, I'd love <laughs> to have Suarez back. He's he's a fan favorite. He's one of my favorites. Just gonna be a cult hero for for years now after that that series last last uh, postseason. So. Hopefully we get him back, but to move on to the kind of the meat here in the agenda, it is titled catcher position. Uh, That has been (laughs) probably the biggest talking point this year, probably at least the most consistently talked and spoken about topic for this team. It has been the Achilles heel for quite a while. I know there's a lot of other positions and a lot of other players that have not been performing up to their standards, but the catcher position for the 23 San Diego Padres has just been atrocious, really, for lack of a better adjective here. I mean, can't bummer that Campisano got hurt, but you got to have guys kind of step up here. Uh, I will say that Sullivan did a pretty good job filling in, considering what we kind of expected from him. Uh, the effort was there. It's tough for him to get in a good groove when he wasn't playing every day as well. He was used very sparingly. So I'm not, if I had to give like a grade to Sullivan, I'd probably give him like a C plus uh, just based off defensively and, and offensively what he did. He, he underachieved obviously offensively, but he didn't get a laying time. With that being said, we're going to focus obviously on, on the Gary Sanchez, Austin, Nola, not necessarily a debate, but just how they're doing so far right now. So uh, why don't you just kind of take the, take the reins here, Matt, with uh, Gary Sanchez and how he has just all of a sudden transformed this position in, in for the Padres in the last week. Yeah. The Kraken. I haven't heard the that Kraken. nickname recently. The Kraken for him. Um, <laughs> he's back. Yeah. He's back with San Diego. So with the Padres, he's hit, 292 is his triple slash, which is average on base slugging. 292, 370, 708 with three homers in eight games. And he hasn't been bad defensively, which is crazy. Like he he's known a, he's known to be not great defensively as a catcher and to hit mm-hmm. in like the 180, like Trent Grisham range, right? So he to, to come in hot like this and and still kind of still be hot actually is has been incredible it's like incredible for the team to have another bat in the lineup like we were talking about this earlier which is never a good sign but he was DHing yeah and he, like he earned those at bats he earned the DH but it's never that great when you have a catcher DHing <laughs> but <laughs> but with that being said he's performed um you know, and then we, especially when you compare him to to Nola, Nola's definitely struggled this year. It's definitely been frustrating. He's still getting playing time too. Yeah. And Nola's triple slash. We want to compare him to, to the Kraken. Um, average one thirty <laughs> on base, two forty eight, slugging one seventy six. He's got one homer in forty three games played. So, rough, definitely rough. And Nola has been very poor defensively. And maybe if you want to like kind of dig into the the some yeah. of the defensive metrics a little bit, um, we can talk about that too. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think the the slugging, I mean, obviously the average for Nola before real quick before the, the defense, Nola 130. Um and and not to mention his one home run in the 43 games versus Gary's three home runs in eight games, uh, which it actually is, is that including today's too? Cause he did hit a home run today. So it might even be four potentially. In nine games. So it's either three and eight games or four and nine games, uh, which is even more insane. Uh, and his slugging would be higher there too. <laughs> uh, so, and Austin Nolas was one home run in 43 games, which was the game in Mexico city where you could basically hit a pop fly to the infield and it would go out of this whole stadium. Yeah. So that, that's his one home run. It, it just goes to show that he is absolutely cooked offensively. And then to get into the defensive numbers, like you were saying, Austin Nola in terms of a, caught stealing above average is third worst in MLB right now. 
So he has a negative four caught stealing above average, uh, which goes, he has thrown out his caught stealing percentage this year is 4%. So he's throwing out four batters every 100 stolen base attempts. Uh, was absolutely atrocious. Historically, That's, like last year, he yes, That's yes, not good. That, <laughs> that is really not good at all. You typically want to be closer. So that we were just looking up baseball savant. I like literally mentioned this almost every podcast. It is like <laughs> if you want to just nerd out and dive into any possible statistic, it is the greatest website ever. We were looking at the data since its inception in 2016. The average caught ceiling uh, percentage was 33%. So 4% <laughs> is not good <laughs> at all. So deep analysis, very high level analysis from Matt right there and myself. Yeah. <laughs> four is a lot lower than 33. It is not good. He's negative four caught stealing above average. Good for third worst in the MLB. On the flip side, Gary Sanchez, he has notoriously been even though he's been notoriously known as a bad defensive catcher, he has been very good and had a live arm since his rookie year. Uh, he's always been, especially early on, one of the top guys in the league in terms of caught ceiling above average. Uh, currently in the sample size this year, he has a one caught ceiling above average, which would have qualified him for like the top 20 in, in baseball, given the amount of opportunities that he's had. Um, he has a 50% caught ceiling rate. There's he's one for two. Uh, so again, very small sample size. 50% is obviously much better, but collectively over the course of his career, since his rookie year in 2016, it was a 52% caught ceiling. Then it went 37, 34, 32, 33. And then his last year on the Yankees where he had his worst year so far to his career was a 10%, which is still almost thrice in all this currently. And then last year on the the twins, he still had a two caught ceiling above average. So the, the arm's always been there. The pop time is above average. And defensively, in terms of throwing guys out, he's been pretty good. He's kind of like Alfaro from last year in terms of in terms of that. Blocking, on the other hand, is a complete opposite results, I guess. It's complete opposite results for both of them. Nola is eighth in baseball in blocking, which is really his only good quality currently. Uh, we don't have framing on here, and <laughs> it's so sad. I hate bashing the guy so bad, but he's the one positive is he's eighth in blocking. Gary Sanchez, on the other hand, he doesn't have enough of a sample size for, for blocking this year, but collectively throughout his career, he has been like bottom two almost every single season. So that's where he has he had been hurting in terms of and gotten that repertoire as a bad defensive catcher overall. So as we were saying before the pod, if we could just morph these guys together defensively, they would be amazing. And then we would just keep all of Gary's bat. And that would be the perfect combination. I think <laughs> uh, what I really think should happen is some sort of, I mean, Nola got beat up super bad in spring training. He got took a broke his nose, came back like a day later. The guy's the guy's tough as nails. He got completely overworked at the end of last year. And as a catcher, I think that you're kind of seeing a little bit of the after effects this year early on. He needs a month off. Like at the very least, he needs a month off before he ends up getting an infinite amount of time off. Um, from baseball <laughs> it continues on this trajectory. And so I think that what should happen, and we've seen like Gary Sanchez has caught Darvish. Um, Gary Sanchez, the only guy he hasn't caught so far, he's caught Snell. Uh, he's caught Weathers. The only guy he hasn't caught so far is Musgrove, and Musgrove does love Austin Nola. So that's probably one of the reasons that they've kept him on the squad. I think Phantom IL, like even just send him on vacation, something like get him away from the game of baseball. <laughs> Zen out, like, I don't know, drink a couple monsters, drink a couple protein shakes. Like we need some power back in all of his limbs here and just give him a break. I think that there's too much, there's enough tread on the tire right now. Bring up Sullivan until Campy's good and then just see how he rehabs. He even has options in, in AAA, which would be 
a huge blow to him, obviously, to get sent down, but it's just simply not good enough production from him that so, so far this year. And I think he could do with some time off versus the other option really is to either send him down or to DFM if we need another roster spot. So um, I don't know how you feel about kind of that <laughs> right now for for Nola or what you think we should do if we should DFA him, if we should send him down to AAA. I'm not sure kind of what what your thoughts are so far on him, but um, that would that would be what I would do if I was was AJ. Yeah, I think I think getting him some time off would probably be it's it's what he needs. I think it's what the team needs too, because like you can't just have someone hitting 130 consistently in the lineup. You know, we have. We already have Cronenworth and Grisham hitting below 200 in the lineup, yeah, and I'm... um, but Nola, you know, he, like you said, he he has gotten beat up. He has gotten a lot of work last year, and you know, to be fair, like this is a very very small sample size with Gary Sanchez. Like he, it is Gary Sanchez gets hot and he gets cold. Like he he could be just as cold um as Austin Nola but he Nola's gone 43 games in the season so far and hasn't really been turning things around so no yeah definitely stint on the IL get him some time off is I think that's a great idea I think it's probably tougher to do that like you said with pitchers preferring Nola to catch them but at the end of the day you know it's you got to do what you got to do you're not going to have just any random catcher catching because the pitchers like him better like that's a management decision that that needs to happen for uh, i think that's a it's got to be a bob melvin decision right send him either send him down or give him just some rest on the il and like you said the phantom il i think that's it that's exactly what needs to happen get gary sanchez at bats Brett Sullivan at bats, um, whoever we can in the meantime. Yeah. And these guys have caught Brett Sullivan already this year. So it's not like another rando coming in and we have two new catchers that no one's worked with too. So that's at least been a positive with Campusano going down as Sullivan seen, seen a bit of the, the pitching staff here, but there's, I just don't see, I haven't seen any positive, regression to Austin Nola's like career means in any category. He just looks absolutely cooked. Um, and yeah. yeah, I just, I think that he just needs, he just needs some time. He just looks like a, like a dead man walking out there. Some uh, Brett <laughs> Fias freaking song going like he just, there's no emotion. I know that's how he plays, but like the poor guy just, you could see it in his eyes. He just has no, no confidence, just anything like go tee off on some rookie ball guys or, you know, <laughs> throw out some little leaguers. Like, I don't know, just, just get, get off the feet. Um, so that's, that's what I think would be, would be best for, for Nola before we ultimately cut ties here. And uh, yeah, like you said, give, give Gary, Gary's got the hot hand. I think Bo Mel's been the, done a great job of keeping him in the lineup, even with that one DH. I know, like you said, you don't want him to be DHing typically because catchers probably shouldn't be doing, but uh, just get him as many at bats, get him as much, you know, work and time with these pitchers to, so that they can adapt. And we were mentioning this too off air, but I think with uh pitch calm being, being so prevalent in the game now, it does make it a little bit easier for these new guys to come in because pitchers can dictate the game a little bit more and send in signals versus the catcher having the sole responsibility to call the game uh, or at least initiate the calling of the game too. So I think that is going to help whenever we see some, some new catchers come in, not only for the Padres, but just league wide, there's not going to be as, as big of an issue there. So if that's something that, that was slowing down, potentially some, some moves to be made to get Nola out of the way for a new catcher, I think that's kind of a, a far-fetched and a little bit of a an archaic at this point uh, excuse. So get him some time. If he comes back and he still is underperforming, I think that's when you can probably cut ties because um, other than his voice being on the pitch comm too, that might be a little awkward. Um, he's He was amazing for us in the postseason last year and he was a warrior at the tail end of last year too, just even in the regular season. But 
he is just it's a black hole whenever we get to to him in the lineup especially if grish isn't doing so hot you know if, if kim's on a little bit of a downturn which he's been fantastic lately at a great month of may but if those you know even grish and and what can get really cold here pretty consistently then it's just like a black hole on the bottom of the lineup so we need someone to to come in and, and be a little bit more consistent there but um, I have on here, you know, what the thing is pretty good catcher wise. Uh, I don't want to dive into that too much. We'll see. You keep looking at Gary and his productivity and and hopefully like I, I don't foresee him staying this hot. I mean, if he does like, <laughs> dude, I'll get I'll a bit your hand off to have a 292 average. I would have bit your hand off to have a 180 average at this time with three home runs for the whole <laughs> season, alone. three games or four and nine. So uh this this is a very this is what the team needs i think it's a boost that the, the squad needs for sure and you can tell that the the team's kind of feeding off it even though we've been a little inconsistent scoring wise it's just i think only gonna again not just that black hole in the in the lineup there where you're just expecting out so good good to see for that but i think that's good catching position wise in terms of inconsistencies we've kind of gone on that a little bit so i don't think we'll we'll dive too too deep into that here uh, I would like to point out, you mentioned Jake Cronenworth. He has definitely had a very, very poor start to the year. Uh, Carpenter's had a pretty poor start to the year too, average-wise. He's actually second in the team in RBIs. So he's getting the clutch knock sometimes, even though <laughs> at times it feels like his scoring position, batting average is is not good. Uh, but Crone was three for four today, so hopefully this is the turning point in the season. He's up above the Mendoza line at 208. Uh, Carp was two for four. Soto was five for five today's first five hit game ever um, in his <laughs> career, which is crazy to think. It's probably because he walked at least like three other games where he was four for four. Yeah, he's uh, always got to walk, right? He's always got to walk in him. So the fact that he didn't walk and he was five for five, it's the first time in his career. Manny was two for five. So if we get Manny going again, that would be fantastic. Fernando was one for four. So it's just this team is the potential has always been there. They just need to fire on all cylinders. And I think we're going to do that. Uh, it's just, they also have to prove it before we keep thinking that they're going to do that. So uh, with that being said, we don't have really anyone that's consistently been that great on the offensive side of things this year, but just a fun little thing where we're at since all-star voting has begun. Uh, remember you can submit one, uh, I think you submit one lineup right per day, pretty sure per 24 hours. So get doing that. Even though we haven't had the best season so far, keep getting these votes in because if someone goes on fire, it might be a little bit too late if you start voting then. Uh, who are your current all-stars for this underperforming 2023 San Diego Padres? I think realistically, I think Soto is still an all-star. Like he, he yeah. should be. At least he's still like one of the top tier hitters, even though kind of, I guess, throughout social media, it's kind of been slightly negative towards him in the, the mm -hmm. first part of the season. Like he's, he's still hitting and his, and I've used this before, but weighted runs created plus, I think he's around like yeah. 150 something where 100 is league average and every point above that is a percentage point so he's 50 percent above league average which is a great it's number so he's an all-star for having a down season that's a pretty damn good number yeah no exactly and uh i think the only other one that that really at this point in time like tatis always but i think his numbers if you're going to go numbers wise it's going to be yeah. tough to stack up against the guys who have been, you know, hitting extremely well. Um, so I think Soto, Tatis is just going to make it because he's popular and Bambo. I think yeah. he is going to start hitting too. And then yeah. Hater. I think Hater is one of the best closers in baseball. I don't even like that he's used specifically as a closer. I think he should be used more yeah. just in general and high leverage. But, but uh, I think he's an all-star too. I mean, I probably stole all of them, I guess, but but <laughs> what do you think? There's there's one, I think, that definitely deserves it as well. Maybe even two. Mm -hmm. Michael Waka, I think it, it 
definitely deserves so far from how he has pitched this year. He had like two shaky starts. Um, other than that, he has been absolutely lights out. NL pitcher of the month in May. A, he pitched uh, last. He was six innings, two hits, one walk, seven Ks. It's like he's one of the only reasons that we have actually, we are where we are today. And so I think in terms of, even in terms of MVP for the team, I think he's the MVP so far for the 2023 season for the pod. That's like sneakily MVP to where if it wasn't for Michael Waka and we had Weathers running out there instead <laughs> every single day, which he started off hot, don't want to talk. He's still young and whatnot, but his value so far this year is unbelievable with how well that he has pitched. Um, so I would say Michael Waka would probably be my him and Hader and Soto would be like my shoe in all-stars. I think that we have to give some, which the bullpen guys usually don't get, don't get in typically, especially if we have a few guys already making it. Um, I would say Steven Wilson, probably like on the fringe to where he's had a very, very good year comparatively to like where his expectations were been high leverage for a lot. Um, I don't think he's going to make the all-star game, but I just think that he'd be at least should be in the conversation if he can continue to do what he's doing just based off of the year that he's had. Um, again, I don't expect him to make it, but I'd say that, yeah, walk is probably the one add on that I would, that I would put there. And, and we'll see too with Tatis with the whole story thing. If some fans might be like super anti him that he might've got in the past. So um, I still think that he's probably going to make it. Cause I think he's going to turn it on. There's been, He's been like looking like he's just like the offense, like gonna take off, and he kind of has like a, a crappy game. But um, he looks, yeah. he's destroying the baseball right now. And he had that one game with like 107 exit velo and like all his hits like a week <laughs> yeah. ago. 110 today when I was watching it, his single today is one for four. And all these outs that he's getting, they're like, you know, like he's just, he's murdering the baseball. Sometimes it's just at right. guys. So um, yeah, I'd say. Long story, not so short. Again, uh, Michael Walker, I think, would be the one guy that I would that I would add to that list. Yeah, I like that. I think he's he's definitely been like a surprise to I think most people, and him yeah. and Seth Lugo. Even though Seth Lugo's you know hurt at the moment, he's been a surprise also out of the rotation. And when you have inconsistency from Snell. Musgrove has kind of turned it on lately. Darvish has kind of been steady. Um, those guys are very important. Just like you said, Waka has, has been incredibly important. Uh, I just I don't think he's been that good to where he makes an All Star game, but he he deserves absolutely some recognition for how good he's been. Yeah, no, I and I think that those two starts kind of hinder him a bit too. Um, and he's not like your sexy 97 sitting down with this nasty sweeper that they're calling it nowadays, which this season which is so random. But um, I mean, right now he's 10th in the NL in in ERA. He's tied for fifth. He's second in wins, but tied for fifth because there's four guys tied at seven. Um, his whip, he's sitting at eighth. In the National League at 1.09, behind the guys of likes of Stroman, Strider, Steele, uh, Kelly on the Diamondbacks, he's been a, a good surprise for them, even though he's been a solid pitcher. But uh, Nola, Zach Gallon, Burns, and then Waka is right there, and then like Webb and Kershaw are like right behind him, uh, whip wise. Who guess who is sitting at a uh, 12th? Matt, I'll give a quick quick quiz here. Qualified, qualified. qualified. On that list. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Nick Martinez? You Darvish, twelfth oh, and okay. whip for this year. Which it Is... seems he's had his worst season ever, but apparently it's not doing so bad. But to continue on the Waka thing, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there since I'm looking up stat live. Uh, batting average against <laughs> sixth in the NL. Uh, Eighth, Blake Snell. Tenth, you Darvish. Interesting. Sneaky, sneaky. So I guess point being, he has had a really good year. And I think that he should at least be in the conversation 
And if he continues to have another stellar month of June, I think he's a shoo-in personally. Um, but we'll see how he does. It, it'll be really interesting to see if he can continue that. He had a great year last year. His career, he's either had like really good seasons or like super mediocre. So if we can just like continue to get this like walk a flock of flame on fire here, <laughs> unintended, yeah. then let's like, let's do it. But I think that he's, yeah, that's just how, how uh, strongly, I guess I feel to throw out the, even yeah. the team MVP at this point, we'd be. Oh, I hope so. I yeah, hope so. Yeah. Down there. So let's see who would have thought Michael Walker might be our only all-star representative <laughs> no i think we'll have a few but. <laughs> and then finally too i know we're approaching kind of close to the hour mark here uh just kind of a fun one which this changes pr- pretty much on the daily based off how we've been playing and how i how we feel but just a quick playoff prediction in terms of a percentage what is a what are you feeling after today's dub and series split against the mariners and cubs what is your playoff percentage prediction right now? If you had to had to throw that out there, playoff percentage prediction. Um, hmm. Tough. I think I think I was looking at like on fan graphs or something like that. Even though we're yep. like eight games back, I think they had him at Padres at like forty five percent to make playoffs still, which seems crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think. Right now, feeling wise, like not even numbers, but feeling wise, it's it's definitely above fifty percent. For me, I think it's like into the sixty percent. Like I know the this team is better than the Diamondbacks. I know this team yeah. can beat this current Dodgers team as well. I I I know that. And like you said already, the NL hasn't proven to be as good as the AL has been with some of those powerhouse teams so far into the season. So there's still, they, that's why they're still in it. And so yep. I think it's, it's going to be not shocking to me if they turn things around and really take off. I feel exactly the same as you do in terms of, it always helps that like that they won today too. Like it definitely helps. It's like if we asked yesterday, <laughs> I'd be like, "Damn it, it's like a twenty percent chance." Which like this was such a long season, you would think that you wouldn't be so emotionally swung. But I think this team is just like putting us through the ringer here. Um, so if I before looking at any like of the like fan graphs percentages and stuff, like you said, I would say. As of today, I'm probably still giving it about a 75 to 80% chance of it happening. Uh, just because, like you said, their their roster is, one, it's underperforming on the offensive side, as we've been discussing this whole hour, tremendously. And I think that they're, we've already seen like runners in scoring positions been getting better. We've been having some more pop, like Gary Sanchez, that we, we mentioned, he's been adding to the team, going to get some guys back and whatnot. I think that the combination of that plus how weak the NL is, like you said, I think that we still have a 75 to 80% chance of, of making it. Um, Diamondbacks have to have, to me, at least some sort of regression. They've, they've put a good percentage um, of wins like their their win percentage this year well they're projected now 86 and a half which before the year i think they're projected about 82 maybe so they're overachieving there i think they could even they're tough i think their bullpen is horrible the diamondbacks bullpen is terrible um and what's so hard to predict too obviously this early in the year is there's going to be moves made in july end of july so um if we're like right in the mix then i definitely think that we're going to be aggressive, not as aggressive as last year because last year was <laughs> insane. But we'll definitely have a couple moves made, just sneaky guys. I think that that'll provide some value. But according to Fangraphs, we have a fifty-two point nine percent chance of making yeah. the playoffs. So about ten percent to eleven point seven to win the division, which seems very high to me. I don't think we're going to win the division, and forty one point three to clinch a wild card. Um, again, the wild card to me is the just the easiest uh, 
shooting at the very least let's shoot for that which if we're not going to win the division obviously let's shoot for that top wild card spot so that we don't have to do that three game playoff or whatever you know whatever it is this year but um so i'll, I'll go i'm still optimistic i think roster wise 75 80 percent there'll be a couple moves made um nl's trash so i'm still <laughs> i'm still keeping the faith over here which might be a little bit high and there's no reason that I should be thinking that high based off of their style of play, but I am way too positive than I probably should be. So, well, right. We're not biased though. That's so you should say that Um, we are unbiased and that's our unbiased opinion. So that's completely unbiased. I don't even care about them. Who Padres (laughs) like, uh, just real quick before we get into the shout outs here and wrap up for tonight, uh, since I'm looking at this, doing a lot of live, live stat reading here on, on this, this episode, I love my stats, uh, Brewers 68% chance make playoffs, Dodgers 91 back 65 Braves 98.4. So your third highest chance team of making the, the playoffs is the, well, the brew crew. And then fourth is the diamondbacks right now. So, um, yeah, then the the American League is just it's so much better. Um, but yeah, thank goodness for that that trash national national league we got we got going on this year. But I think we gotta keep the faith as always. They've they've totally rocked us uh this year. And I think if we lower expectations, we'll, we'll enjoy some more games here. Um, or they can just meet them. That would be great too. But <laughs> that would be nice. That would be it's sweet. Not the no, it never has been, and I don't think it ever will be. So uh before we wrap up tonight, though, just a few shout-outs uh at Will Holder9. Will uh go visit his uh coffee company too. It's called Visitor Coffee Roasters. I hope I didn't butcher that, Will, but he just dropped off some coffee today. I just bought some off their their website and um it is fantastic. Uh so this is the reason for the the shout out today. It's really really good. Uh, just check out his handle on Twitter at willholder nine. You can find some info for that. But highly recommend. It's super super good. Got some great artwork too. That's like half of it. I feel like to just grab your attention for anything. Like if it's coffee, beer, you know, food places. Um, really really cool artwork. Um, he's great behind the lens too. So I think that's part of the reason there. Uh, second shout out we got at Madre eight five eight Cassidy. We've had some good interaction on Twitter lately, so shout out Cassidy for for that. Keep that going. Um, she did mention today on Twitter that pretty much every time she visits the zoo, the Padres win. So uh, we are officially starting a GoFundMe for her to get season passes if she doesn't have it already, and to just uh, go every day that they play. So she go like she said, hang out with the elephants there, <laughs> uh, and enjoy maybe watch the game next to the elephants. The elephants will at least remember. So that would be a uh, pretty cool. And then last one we got uh, Cameron FM Smith seven. Uh, thanks Cameron for he's pretty much just been. I think he like must have like our notifications on or something. He likes everything we said say, even though a lot of the stuff that we tweet out is stupid so thanks cameron i appreciate the uh <laughs> the support there but and also shout out you matt for hopping on the episode again i know it's been a couple weeks since our last pod we've been busy as usual so yeah. appreciate you popping oh, yeah. on Thank tonight it's good to talk padres oh yeah always yeah thanks for having me again i appreciate it i think you know you get frustrated during the season and uh gotta air out some of those frustrations so Every time, every time we have a podcast like this and they're not doing well, I always feel better at the end. Right. I know. That's what <laughs> we were saying on the last one. It's been like, instead of like rejoicing of our successes here, it's, it's like, I need the podcast episodes, the pop out specifically to just like have some therapy. Like I wish yep. it was like to like have a celebration and it's like, just so we can kind of bitch and moan for an hour. They can do <laughs> yeah. better and then move on and feel a little bit better about ourselves. So <laughs> always appreciate, always appreciate that. <laughs> Anyways, peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the pod fathers, a slam Diego Padres podcast. The pod Fathers is produced by Los and walls and is executively produced by Jacob Lamb. Our theme song is A Bubba by Trilock. To get in touch with the show, follow us on Twitter at podfathers619. 
That is at P-A-D-F-A-T-H-E-R-S 619 or email us at podfathers at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major audio platforms. Go Pods! Go Pods!